drops. Morpheus is fighting Neo! Here we go! We're coming in hot! Which is how I like it. Welcome to the Hollywood Fishbowl. I am and can only be your host, Jesse Kester. Today, I am joined by the one, the only, the illustrious... Nicole Feenstra. Welcome to the party. Can you give me that last name once more so I can forget it again? Feenstra. Feenstra. Beautiful. And the music is just about to wind down. We have not but two seconds left. Morpheus is done fighting Neo. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. We're going to get into a lot today. Yes. We're going to get into Broken Hearts Division. (laughs) We're going to get into Broken Hearts Division. We're going to talk a little bit about Broken Hearts Division. And when we're done with that... Broken Hearts Division. How how did you know? I am a super genius, Jesse. I don't think you knew this about me, but I am. You intimidate me. (laughs) Um, But before we get into any of that, we're going to do something called Five and Five, where I ask you five questions. You have not but one minute to answer each question. And that's that. Okay, I'm ready. Cool. And you get beeps. Question number one, where did you grow up and how did that inform your adulthood? Houston, Texas. And I am a Houston and my great, 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 great grandfather, Sam Houston. It informed me because I am Dutch in the middle of Texas. And that was weird. Wait, how, how Dutch? How Dutch be you? <laughs> my dad be Dutch. Because I'm, I'm Pennsylvania Dutch, but I think that's different than the kind of Dutch you are, depending on which kind of Dutch you are. I think we're both Dutch. Which Dutch are you? Real Dutch. Not Germany. No. Okay, okay, because I'm Germany Dutch. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense, Jesse. It does. That that only makes sense in your brain. uh, And all of Berks (laughs) County and Lancaster County. Anyway, this isn't about me, this is about you. Which part of... But I feel like I want to unpack that a little bit. (laughs) We have an entire the rest of the show to unpack that. Fair enough. Uh, And we've got nine seconds to unpack what it was like growing up in Houston. Humid, flat, fun... A lot of barbecue. Excellent. You're doing fine. (laughs) Question number two. What is the must-engage media, the book, the television show, the album that opened up your brain to the very secrets of the universe? Oh, Jesus. Uh, The secrets of the universe. You know, the thing that locked in when you were a teenager that that turned your whole head around or you... Oh. Or later on in life. Yeah. Okay. So this is an interesting, uh, okay. Prince. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Because I have a weird and wonderful relationship with Prince. Um, when I was younger, I didn't want to. Jealous already. <laughs> I, I really didn't want to be called Nikki because I thought mm-hmm. that she was a dirty slut because of Prince's song. Mm-hmm. But then I discovered how much I loved Prince and I loved the way he played so many instruments and the way he was as an artist and he had all of these skills and I just liked that he was a little crazy. And I, um, and so that music, um, and it sort of informed me as even like in junior high all the way to like now in all of his different ways. I'm going to pause this to ask a very important question. What is your go-to Prince song? It doesn't have to be your favorite. What's mm, your go-to? My go-to, um, Starfish and Coffee. I don't know it well enough to say anything at this point, so I'm going to restart that timer, and we're going to get back into five and five. <laughs> what is the greatest source of joy in your life? Um, people. <laughs> I love people. I love how weird they are, and I love that they're a source of neuroses and weirdness and like 
kindness. And uh, I just, I'm fascinated by other people. I'm fascinated by the weirdness and the quirks of people. Did you grow up around quirky people or is this something you discovered later in life? Later. I come from a very waspy family. Okie dokie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Was it in Texas that you found out that people are off the rails or was it when you got to L.A.? I think I realized that Texans were off the rails when I was in L.A. Okay. I don't think I knew it when I was in it, but I think now... Are you aware that... LA is completely off the rails. Oh yeah. No, if this evident. is your base measurement <laughs> for sanity, <laughs> you're doing fine. You're doing excellent. I hope you have full confidence. Right. Thank now. you. What gets under your skin? Oh, um, arrogance. Okie dokie. Yeah. I'll try to keep that packed up a little bit. <laughs> no, I think, I, I think, um, I think arrogance gets under my skin when people are, um, think they're above other people in whatever regard, you Mm -hmm. know, whether it's politicians or celebrities that when anybody just sort of forgets that we all are kind of basically the same, um, that gets under my skin. At the end of the day, we are all sacks of meat and water who will return to the earth. We all poop and want to have like water and want to have sex and want to eat and like want to sleep. Like everybody wants the same things. What was that list? Poop, (laughs) water, water, sex, sex. and then food. Those are like the three. (laughs) That's where your brain went. Number one was defecation. All I want to do is poop, Jesse. We'll get into that. We have a full hour to do the deep dive into your poop. (laughs) Please, let's not. Advice, advice, advice. What is the best advice that you've received? And what is the advice that you want to put out into the beautiful world? Ooh, um, the best advice I received was the four agreements, which is, I think, don't take anything personally. Always do your best. I'm going to remember, I'm going to forget the other two. I was looking at it on my wall, but the four agreements. <laughs> they really influenced you. They you really know what? It's like a really deep, deep, yeah, like I really marrow level deep, down, down to the marrow of my bones. Well, let's just focus on the first two and then move on to the advice <laughs> you want to put out. Don't take anything personally. Um, and then, yeah, I think, I think everybody, I know this is going to sound so platitude, mm-hmm. so much plot, like a platitude, but I think that everybody can make a difference and I think everybody can make, um, this planet a little bit better. How would you like to make the planet a little bit better if you could? Um, I'm doing a documentary about voter engagement. Excellent. I've got thoughts and opinions on that that you didn't even solicit, but you're going to get sooner than later. So excited. All right. That's the end of five and five. You crushed it. Thank you. Do you want the celebration song? Yes, please. Okay. Nobody has ever said no to that question. (laughs) That's, that's the song. Yeah. It's got a, it's got a catchy ish ring to it. Yeah. You can sing it in the shower. You can sing it in the car. It carries well. Yeah. 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 Sure. Okay, um, let's talk about poop. <laughs> wow, <laughs> uh, this is when you're. This is when the id comes out, and you're like, "Why did that id have to come out?" <laughs> we can skip to water if you want. There's so much to say about that one too. Um, no, I think it's important. I think it's important to uh, you know keep the flow going. It is. It is, and it becomes increasingly important once you're past like 25, 29. Yeah, you like really you don't appreciate to... like how, how kids these days. <laughs> no one appreciates how easy it is. To no. When you're younger. No, you can It's like eat. it just happens. You don't have to think about it. You can eat like a jar it's of like, peanut butter and rocks and you're fine the next day. 
you don't have to think about fiber or whether or not you drank too much coffee and that's stopping you up. Or if you drank too much coffee and it's going the other way. Like, you don't think about those things. Can I get candid with you? Please. I'm going to skip down the list from poop, jumping right over water. And I'm going to go to sex. And I'm going to tell you sure. how life has gotten better in my autumn years. Well, in because you're, you're having it as opposed to hopefully <laughs> no. your youth, youth, youth. No, because for like the first three decades of my life, it, my brain couldn't function without thinking about sex. Now that I'm getting older, I'm able to think about, right. like I'm able to well, go you're through a day estrogen. doing shit. You're, oh, I love the estrogen. It's so much better than I'm testosterone. Getting more, I'm getting more testosterone. How's that working estrogen. for you? I don't know. I feel very strong. <laughs> <laughs> Have you tried lifting a car? Not yet, but to, the night is young. It, and it's a Friday. We it is. Party Anything hard. could happen. Anything I, could happen. What am I going to do with all my extra estrogen while you're outside <laughs> flipping cars? Hopefully you're going to paint something. I, oh. Maybe cook. I might, I'm actually going to, if you look not but over your left shoulder, you will see the chicken thawing that I will cook the minute you're gone. Look at you. So, look at um, you being domestic. Yes. Let's back up a little. I feel like we are off the rails with, and and I, and I, I would like it if you took a little bit of responsibility. You're making no effort to stay on (laughs) any rails. Oh, you're getting, welcome to my world, Jesse. Let's talk about that transition from Houston to here. Was it straight from Houston to LA or did you have a Well, I had a whole circuitous route. So I like to say I went full circle. So I was born in San Francisco. I was born at Stanford Hospital. Okay. Um, You want to know a little known fact that not many people know, Jesse? First of all, let's back. Did you just name drop a hospital? Like, was I supposed Mm -hmm. to gasp? Be like, Ooh, yeah, damn. yeah. I'm gonna tell you she why. Went to Stanford. I'm gonna tell you why. It's got a, it's got a, it's got a buzzkill for Stanford Hospital. So mm. I had, a, I was born with a misshapen head, and they were like, "So your daughter has Down syndrome," and they separated us for like three days. Uh-huh. And my mother was like beside herself. Anyway, she was like, "My daughter does not have Down syndrome. She, it's just a misshapen head." <laughs> I'd like to say that so far, I think I'm doing pretty well. My yeah. head, my head worked out. Did it grow? And that was Stanford Hospital, Jesse. I'm hearing you. I'm <laughs> that never was Stanford Hospital. I will never give birth in Stanford Hospital after I don't this conversation. Them. I don't trust them. But what was up with your head? Did you have? What, I, I hope to God. I don't know. I was bored. I had no idea. I hope on day three you put your thumb in your mouth and went like, and your head went into its correct shape. Do you know what I did? Okay, cool. I did. You you nailed it. Glad that's what happened, because that's what I wanted to happen. That was the beginning of my comedy career. <laughs> and like, it began and ended that day. Have you sh- shorn your head since then? I've never shaved my head, so I could have a misshapen head still I'm very for all curious about what your head looks like, because it looks totally normal, so but I'm a layman. So I'm no doctor. I mean, I'm not a doctor. The eyes are kind of... I, I do. I've had, like, I've told this story to a couple of people <laughs> that, like, go in to, like, touch my head, because mm-hmm. they want to, they just kind of want to, they want to figure it out. Like, if there's spikes on it or something. <laughs> see if it's still misshapen. Like, what is a formerly misshapen head feel like? This, what, what Now I know it looks identical <laughs> to a regular head. Um, so you started in, uh, I'm California. not even going to say the name of the no, hospital. We were up in, we were up in like Woodside. We were up in Woodside. Stinkford hospital. I mean, yeah. Um, so you were born you, there anyway. Woodside. Um, so we lived, um, in Woodside and then okay. my, um, we moved to Connecticut 
um, okay. which is, I know, like a left hook. Um, so my mother was not pleased with that because she loved the weather in California. It did not yeah, love yeah, the weather yeah, yeah, yeah. in, in, in uh, Connecticut. Connecticut and, uh, and California are not... Very different. Southern California are not comparable climates. Well, it was Northern California, so it was still okay, a okay. little bit chilly, but yeah. way better than Connecticut. I loved the seasons and I didn't have to like rake up leaves. So for mm-hmm. me, it was fantastic. I had like a huge yard. We had like, we'd like lived in the forest. My neighbor had one of those cool, like, um, zip lines. That's fun. That was super fun. Um, I, we had a dog and she would like, we had a really long road and it would get ice and she would like break it apart with her teeth and then like batter it around like a hockey puck. And that was really fun. So Connecticut was great. And then we moved to Houston when I was like, you know, going into junior high and I got to Houston and I was like, these people are slow and dumb. That's the part. The, <laughs> I've always said the best time to move is when a child is transitioning into junior high school. Oh yeah. Right when they, it's, that's the best time to get, make sure your kid has no friends and is in a group of people change. who have, Already found their clicks. Yeah, everything's like changing. Did you land well or did you kind of get the the emotional shit kicked out of you? I don't think that I, um, I don't think it was like an emotional, like the emotional shit kicking like went into like sixth grade, sixth through eighth grade was like the emotional shit kicked in time. But, but, um, who was kicking the shit? Was it classmates, teachers, or just girls Catholic school? Okay, mm-hmm. hot, keep going. <laughs> we wore skirts. Um, we tried to roll them up, but then we had to roll oh, them down. Oh, you get in trouble? We got in trouble. The nurses would be, I mean, the uh, nuns would be like, no, you'd have to kneel. And if your skirt didn't um, hit the ground, you had to either unroll it, which is usually mm-hmm. what we did. We would roll them up. Or you had to go home and change. Or get three inches shorter. <laughs> your choice. I like where your head's at, Jesse. I like your logic. Um, so, yeah, it... Um, you know, I think it's junior high. I mean, I know some people who were like, my junior high was great. I know like 70% of people that were like, my junior high was terrible. My high school got way better. High school okay. was very good. You were on opposite ends of the spectrum. Junior high was dope for me. Then I transferred to a different high school. And you want to know, I'll tell you the bad move I made. Huh. On day one, we were all sitting, getting ready to be assigned to our classes and our homerooms and stuff. It was in the uh, uh, the cafeteria. So it was, you know, like a hundred, couple hundred kids. And this group of kids walk up to me and they say, so who are you? And I say, I'm Jesse. And then they say, where are you coming from? And I said, Kutztown. And they say, so back at your old school, were you like one of the cool kids? And I said, "Uh huh." I said, what did I say? I hope you said yes. Oh, I definitely did not. I said something to the effect of. <laughs> it's a terrible idea. You know, like, you tell let me. me. Let me pull my pants down no. so you guys can kick them. And I think my answer was something to the effect of, well, it really depends on how you would define cool. <laughs> oh, you were, you were a thinker. Yes, it was just a very you pragmatic were like, you were answer. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a thoughtful person. Yeah. I'm going to think this through. Wrong answer. <laughs> Wholly the wrong answer. You're like, philosophically speaking. Yeah. Well, let's break I down this concept of cool for a minute. Let's, <laughs> let's examine this before I commit to a yes or a no. <laughs> I and like that it. was the end of it. Yeah. That was the end of my four-year career. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> was, 
<laughs> killed it in 10 minutes. Uh, but this is not about me. This is about you. You got to Houston. Junior high was not good. Then high school the was high good. High school was good. Yeah, what was good about high school? Were you finding the drama club or something like I that? I did. Well, I mean, I was always kind of, um, here's the thing. I discovered that I, I didn't know it at the time, but I think if I look back, I had early producing skills in, mm-hmm. in elementary school because I, um, I treat, I treated like my friends, we, they, we did this like production of like the, the heart queen and her princesses. And I had like a sweatshop of, of my friends, like cutting out hearts, like paper hearts for like sashes and stuff. And we like put the production together and I like cast it. And so I had like early, I didn't know it at the time, but I was a producer early on. Mm-hmm. Um, just so you know, my favorite aesthetic, and we'll probably circle back to this I hope later. so. My favorite aesthetic is the let's put on a show aesthetic oh, yeah. of everything cut out from construction paper. Totally. It's like bar none, the most fun thing to look at. There's a barn. Let's put up a show. Yep. yep and yep. you're from Pennsylvania, so oh, you probably had barns. We've had barns. We've had shows. <laughs> Uh, so you, you, you get into the drama club Yep, and you start, well, it's not really the club. We like, I had, we had classes. Kadra? My, no, okay. my school was very small. You guys small. had drama classes? Well, my school you was really small. There was like, no, get I mean, out of here. I graduated with 40 people, Jesse. Wait, in your class my among seven class. classes? My high school class was like 40, probably 45 people. Okay, because we had like 30 in each section. We had seven sections for each grade. Okay. So we were coming from no. different backgrounds. I yeah. Think. Okay. But I mean, that's tiny. That's microscopic. And I was just talking to a friend of mine from high school, and he's like, yeah, the schools are like, you know, um, like a thousand graduate. Not, I mean, like well, there was a, a whole like the Catholic like network. Right. So there was like probably 15 sort of parochial schools, 15 to 20 Catholic in high school. I was never Catholic, but you were in a Catholic high school. I was a heathen. No, I was a Methodist. So why were you in Catholic school? Were your parents worried that you were going to nuke your life? No, I think the East coast, um, public school system was much better than the, um, uh, Texas public school system. Okay, With that okay. said, I have friends that did very well for themselves that what came out of public school. So it was just that my mom was like, no, we're just going to put you in Catholic school. Okay. Um, and so... And I was fine with that. I think I would have gotten very distracted with boys. As it was, I got distracted with boys. Yeah. But I think a, when a little less... When was your less... first kiss? <laughs> um, well, I had a boyfriend when I was in Connecticut. Okay. Wait, I'm how not old go- are you there? That's uh, like yeah. eight? What? <laughs> Yeah. That doesn't count. I mean, the first. I mean, he was my best friend. Yeah. And yeah. we kissed. So it was like, it was like, I don't know. But you didn't get down and dirty. We didn't and get that. Down. Yeah. No. No, it's like Children. little. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when was the first real? Unless oh. you don't want to talk about this. If, I think it happened under a piano at a party in junior high. A grand piano or a player piano? No, like a gr- one like, has a lot more room so underneath. I went it. to school with like really fancy people. Like there was a lot of fancy people in my school mm-hmm. and they, and there was this family had a beautiful, um, baby grand piano and we were sitting under it and, and y'all uh, broke it in. We did. I mean, not in the usual way, yeah. but, um, we did kiss under it. That's nice. Yeah. Was it, it was, a good kiss? I mean, were you like feeling the vibes yeah, and kind of like digging like, him and yeah. digging the moment? Yeah. It was funny. I have so many ridiculous stories. I feel like I like all of my stories. Top five places you've made out. Number one, piano. What's three? Jeez. What's two through five? Hmm. Made out? Like, yeah. Well, an elevator is a solid. Isn't that the fun one? Because you don't know. Yeah. You don't know when you're getting busted. It's kind of, yeah, it's sneaky and like, ooh, there's like the dings of the, of the, the next, um, 
levels or whatever and people coming in and that's fun i'm trying to think another i had one. i had a girlfriend we were getting makey outie in the elevator and we were like oh we're getting away with it we're getting away with it. then we came down and it was in a hotel and then the the concierge was like yeah because there was a camera we didn't realize there was a camera inside the elevator we were just riding it up and down i hope you like that footage yeah yeah you did okay so elevator i'm down i'm down um Um, trunk of a car kidding i never did it in a trunk of a car um neither have i but doesn't that seem like an interesting like um like on the side of like i don't know sitting on the dock of a bay um yeah like i think out by the ocean but I mean, down by the waters is great, whether it's like the, the ocean. You just have the most peaceful white noise uh, kind of like easing you through. Yeah, yeah. It's on the beach, like looking out on the ocean at night. Yeah. And all you yeah. hear is the waves. Like, yep, oh, yep, come yep, yep. on. I want to go there now. <laughs> That's amazing. This has been the Hollywood Fistful. Thank you for tuning in. Okay, bye. <laughs> uh, what were you we talking about? Bye. Um, Houston, Houston high school high school kissing uh, uh, let's else? move on from that because yeah, yeah. we're going yeah yeah we're, we're getting too distractioed on that um you graduate high school do you mm-hmm. college it up or are you like I'm gonna be an actress bye both okay. I um I got into USC there was like a conservatory program and I was like all in game on um let's go and I looked at that and DePaul and DePaul was so cold that I was like hmm where am I gonna land anyway at the end of this and I mm-hmm. thought I'm probably gonna land in California LA so and it's for well. acting that you're you're mm-hmm. okay yeah stage television you know a lot of the stuff in that program was very like theater based it wasn't until the very end when we really started like I mean there was groups of guys that like there were groups of people that would do like stage produ- productions of like Reservoir Dogs or so they would take film stuff and they there would, is nothing I want to see less than a bunch of 18 year olds doing Reservoir Dogs <laughs> I mean they were probably 19 but yeah fair enough um, with like oversized coats on like because they get them at Goodwill and they haven't grown into them yet it'd be awesome Anyway, awesome. sorry, I didn't mean to, to disparage. No, I love it. No, I love it. Um, no, but I thought that was really, at the time, I mm-hmm. thought it was very, I thought it was very cool. And, um, you know, for me, the program was like amazing. Like I felt like I had walked into Oz, you know, I felt yeah, like I had yeah, walked yeah. into like Willy Wonka's well, Chocolate Factory. Well, 40 people, all of whom are there by mandate and into a group of probably a hundred people or 50, whatever it is, yeah. who are all there with like that same, this is what totally. I want. And like, and also like with a whole scope of knowledge, whether it was of films or of music or. That's um, the most fun thing in college I mean, is everybody who's like, you got to check this out. You got to yeah. check this out. Come on over here. We're going to watch this tonight. Totally. Like it's that was blast. where I, I think that's where my like, discovery explosion happened because mm-hmm. there was, um, and filmmaker and like people who had guys or got a lot of guys, um, at the time, but like that had been making films, you know, in their hometown or whatever. And I thought I was like, Oh my God. And now we're making movies here and they were in the film program. And mm-hmm. when I was on, um, our freshman year, they decided this great idea would be to, to throw a bunch of like film geeks and theater geeks together on the same dorm floor. And it was magic. Yeah. It was yeah. utter magic. Like I wish that I still had, that time like not now but like that that the kind of momentum the and flow camaraderie, the, yeah, and like yeah, yeah. there's always things happening people are whether you're you know coming back from rehearsal for a show or somebody's shooting a short film in the hallway or yep, yep, somebody's yep. singing or you know they're whatever like people are editing music or 
It was yes. just crazy. Yes. Yeah. 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 And fun. And, and like my mind was blown. Yep. Yep. And then there's that guy who does the songwriting and you're walking by and he's like, get in here. Just, just lay this down really quick. And suddenly you're in, in the flow of someone else's something awesome and you're yeah. a part. Yeah. No feeling is better than being a part of something that's special to a bunch of people. And, and it's kinetic, you know, yep, like that yep, feeling yep. when, um, when everybody's kind of excited and it's all new and, you know, nobody's had sex with anybody. So there's no weird, like, Oh, I had sex with that person and he's now dating my friend and they're down the hall and we're going to be in class for the next four years. Yeah. But then after a while you learn to just be like, okay, they had sex. It's like, Whatever. that happens. Yeah. Cause when that Cause person, you're in theater school and everybody's having sex. Here's the thing is that person, like you realize like that person had sex with me, but also I had sex with that person when we had sex together. And now I'm having sex with someone else. Jesse, I like how you break that down. See, <laughs> <laughs> Get off my show. You're not welcome. Get out of my house. Sorry. Uh, so you dig in college. You're flying. Yeah. Wait, where did you end up going? USA. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you graduate. Hopefully. Yep. yep. Then what? Uh, Who do you have sex actually, with next? Well, oh, that's a funny story. I don't know if I'm really. I, don't I was joking when I asked that. <laughs> So who did you have sex with after graduation? Wow. Because now I if do. you don't tell the funny story, I will tell you what I imagine. And that's what's going to be stuck in the listeners' minds but forever. What, what do you imagine? That there was a teacher that you were crushing on that you uh, avoided contact with until the day after graduation. Oh, that's good. That's and a then good you had one. a fiery oh, that's summer a good romance. One. I feel like that's a good one. I, I'm, I'm going to allow you to rewrite history. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, I, you know what it was, is that I... Um, well, first of all, respect to you for waiting until you graduated, because that's a huge... Well, here's the deal. I um, I mean, this is sort of my my whole joke, is that I was going to wait until marriage, mm-hmm. um, and then I was going to wait until I was engaged, and mm-hmm. then I was wa- going to wait until I was like with a long-term boyfriend, um, mm-hmm. then I was going to wait till I was moved in with a boyfriend, and then I was going to wait till Wednesday. So... Mm-hmm. <laughs> At some point, it was just like time. And it was like, did you make you it se- to Wednesday? You seem like a man. <laughs> we should have sex. Wait, so <laughs> when when did you finally? When like did after Wednesday college. After really? college, yeah. So everyone around you is just like going oh, in the going bone oh, zone. And, and I mean, my boyfriends during college, God bless them. They were just How like, pissed off were they? They at were you? so like. Are, no, it's oh, cool, oh, babe. Are, are you, are, oh, you're wait. serious. Oh, oh, you're, this isn't a thing. I was like, no, it's a thing. Like, I'm really, you know, I mean, that was when, that's when I realized like Catholic school really does a doozy on you. So after graduation. Yeah. Wednesday happens. <laughs> it does. There was a Wednesday and it happened. Go on. <laughs> um, it happened. You know, it was like, oh, okay, that's happening. Um, and then it happened and I was like, oh, okay, that was fun. It happened. Should- <laughs> it was like, this is happening. Then it happened. Do you see how you paint a picture with words? <laughs> I'm a real, I'm, I'm a real artful, an artful storyteller. There's more being said in what you're not saying <laughs> than anything you could ever possibly say. Moving on. What was the career trajectory? Well, are you still a, in touch a, with this guy? No, that's a with, funny, with that's Dr. A, Wednesday, <laughs> Mr. Wednesday. No, that is a funny story. So I, um, I actually, <laughs> I, 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 when I got out of college, I was like, 
um, I, I, I went and I, um, I've actually never told this story on a, a public forum before, but this is, you a- heard that listeners. If you want this story, this is the only place you can get it. So don't go flipping around on your podcast meters looking for this story elsewhere. No, this story is uh, only here. Do, we should have some music. Do you want some music? Yeah. Like it should be good. Kind of like quasi mysterious, uh, and like spooky, scammy, music? like scammy music. All right. I'll just look up scammy music yeah. under the genre scammy. <laughs> yeah, find that. <laughs> Hold what, on. What do you have? What do you Scrolling got? Scrolling past pop, <laughs> rock. There's my scammy section. Oh, it's too full. I couldn't possibly pick. What's... Oh, that's a good. That's okay. good. Okay, wait. All right, that's great. Okay. So no, this is actually really good. I'll, I'll like I'll like work with the music. Okay. So I'm getting out of college, mm-hmm. and um, and I look in the wanted ads, and I'm like, oh, this job says I can make a hundred thousand dollars and drive a BMW. I should go there. What's that? It's an after hours evening um, interview. Oh, that's weird. Okay, I should definitely go because I want a hundred thousand dollars and a BMW. Yeah. So I drive myself down to Culver City. I'm letting the music work it. And then I... Let's breathe. And round two. So then I get to the interview, and the interview has lots of people in it, and it's Uh in a room, and there's a lot of energy and music and products on this wall. And I'm like, well, that seems like an interesting thing. And I asked for the person I'm supposed to have my job interview with, and they're like, oh, he's a fantastic guy, but let me introduce you to this person. And I'm like, huh. And I get introduced around and they're like, oh, he's a really fascinating guy. I should introduce you to this person. And I'm like, all right, is my interview going to happen? And they're like, it's a group interview. Okay, cool. I work well in groups. And then this guy comes out and he's like, gotten kind of gleaming white teeth. And he's got a big fancy suit and he's got a Rolex. And he's like, water filters. This is the future. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> that's, that's my ticket to a BMW. <laughs> Britta. <laughs> Reselling Britta. And he's like, the water filters. Do you know what's in your water? And he does a test and he shows this water and he shows the water we drink and he's got the yellow and it's got all this chemicals. And long story short, the job interview uh, lasted about seven hours. So not right for this no. story. What's, uh... The job interview... Lasted about the job interview lasted about four hours, and I thought that was a little strange. But I went with it because I'm a gamer, and I wanted that hundred thousand dollars and that BMW. So I stayed there and I walked myself through that. And they told me that I could be an entrepreneur, and that Ray Kroc. It wasn't about one product. It wasn't about. Wait, was it Ray Kroc? No. Okay. It was. <laughs> it was a multi-level marketing scheme. And I didn't know it at the time. So I decided to sink $5,000 into water filters, the kind that you leave in your garage for many, many years. Excellent investment. I thought it was because I could see the future. And um, and I wanted to be a business person. Now you hadn't heard of Mar- MLM I had this never heard of this. Okay. I, it was my first job interview after coming out of theater school where they, treat, they teach you 
absolutely nothing about the real world. Yeah. Like, literally nothing about yeah, the real except world. Except how to kind of, like, agree with whoever's across from you. Like, that's all acting is. It's just like, let's agree on this reality and keep going. Keep moving it forward. Let's keep propelling this. Yeah. So like, he's like, this is the future. You're like, yeah, that my instinct right. is saying let this me, is the let future. Let me bring Chekhov into yeah, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, this is just like Chekhov. Yeah. Um, or, oh, let's, let's oh, I can improvise moving. my way through this. Um, long story short. He sold it to me. I could sell it to someone else. I could definitely sell this to somebody it's else. It's so easy when he Bless does it. my friend's heart. They came, a few people came to these meetings. Mm-hmm. Not a one signed up. I lost my shirt, went back to Texas, did a couple of plays. Um, and well, then, it doesn't sound like too bad a punishment to get to do a couple of plays. I, I mean, like, you know, there are worse fates to suffer. It was a terrible suffer. year and a half of like, I am a terrible entrepreneur. <laughs> And then, and then I was like, okay, I'm coming back. And I came back to LA and, um, I got back into my acting class and I Mm -hmm. came back and I sort of regrouped and, and I was back, um, a little bit wiser. I wrote a show about it. But none the worse for wear. Yeah, no, I wrote a show about it and, um, yeah, so it's, I have, I have a show out of it. So that's good. So, you know, um, saying that you wrote an entire did you perform the show i didn't do i I originally started as a one-woman show and then i wrote it like um uh as if it were like a like a limited series right but have you done this like no oh okay okay okay. i was gonna say you really undermined the exclusivity of this story if you had been doing it as a stage play for years i have not no okay you hear that people this is the only place that you could have gotten that story Unless you know me, There's and I no tried to black get you to come theater. to an event. Unless I tried to make you come to an event in Culver City. Are any of them left over? Do you have a single filter no, left? Not a single one that you keep under your pillow to remind you <laughs> never to do that um, again. I would like you. I would like you to note that you have a filter on your. Everybody's got a filter now, so it wasn't. They weren't wrong no, in their no, future. No. It was just. It was ridiculously overpriced, and I was not. I was not prepared to be an entrepreneur at yeah. the time. Are you an entrepreneur entrepreneur now? I am. Wow. Yeah. What are you entrepreneuring? Yeah, I mean, I have. Um, I'm a digital agency. I'm a. Pro- I mean, I think being a producer is an entrepreneur. Yeah. I think being. Yeah. An, I yeah. think a producer. Being a producer is definitely. Um, like being an entrepreneur because, and you're doing it for different shows or different ideas. Yeah. Um, so that. You know, that skill set that I learned sort of in the, the school of hard knocks for that year and a half, I still sort of use that stuff. I still mm-hmm. think, I mean, the guy who ran it was, uh, he ended up getting, they ended up getting shut down by the FTC because not all network marketing is multi-level marketing. Mm-hmm. There's sort of a, um, there is a, what's the word? There's a... Uh, there, to the letter of the law of the FTC, you have to sort of front load people with products. So if people are just buying product and they're doing a network marketing thing, it's not necessarily a multi-level marketing scheme yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or a pyramid scheme. When it becomes a pyramid scheme is when it's sort of like, oh, people are getting into whatever and then whoever's early in makes more money, like the people who get in later. And it's sort of a weird, I haven't, I have not ever been in one since then. So I don't technically know what the letter of the law is, but you, you kind of know it when you see it, which is that when people are trying to front load product or things like that. And I, I'm of the mind that the nuance of the law should be secondary to common sense and civil understanding of, uh, like if you don't get it at this point, then you deserve a garage full of water. Like, 
Yeah, and I think I don't mean that any like yeah. I don't mean that to be dismissive of people, yeah. but it's pretty obvious like the, the information's out there. Well what's so interesting about that experience was um I think I can officially say I was part of a cult. Um because it had that mentality, right? Oh, and, absolutely. And absolutely. It had that mindset based on the sort of the guy who was running it. And so it sort of had that culty feel, which I didn't know because you, yeah. when you're in it, you don't know it. And, and so when I see shows about like cults and they talk about like smart people kind of getting in, they're not dumb. There's something that that organization is uh, feeding on. And there's a, there's a, um, a need that people have that somehow it's filling absolutely, at the time. Absolutely. Yeah. When like loneliness, I, I, have this theory that in the next like 10, 15 years, possibly less, the the scientists and doctors of the world will finally do their due diligence on loneliness. And I think that that is like a, a more harmful to the psyche than heroin. Like yeah. the, the way people behave as a result of being too lonely for too long. Oh, yeah. Is, we need human connection. Cl- so psychotic. That I, and I don't think we fully. I don't think we give proper respect to to the power that loneliness has over the human condition. I was just reading an article about um, the fact that that um, they did a study that people who work remotely are very lonely, like because there's you just need that. Um, that human connection. We're meant to be uh, communal. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I think there will be more studies that confirm that in yeah. greater and greater ways, and the medical community will increasingly respect the... the well, and I think there may be a, a shift where people are realizing, oh, I've got to get away from tech because it's keeping me away from human connection. Like, I think people are starting to realize... You say that to me as I am ensconced in equipment right now. But, you know, there's um, you can be ensconced in equipment and then walk out and, and go yeah, hug your wife, yeah, and, yeah. and that sort of fills the oh, yeah, void, yeah, 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 yeah. right? That sort of fills that. Um, it's it's not that those things are bad. It's just that if you rely on that for communication, then that's going to just... You're yeah. stacking the deck against yourself. Yeah, against your psyche, for sure. So you start you start producing. You go you yeah. go back to Texas, you do a couple of plays, then you come back to L.A. Yeah. as a producer now? or No, I came like- back and I, um, I got into advertising. I'd been in advertising... A little bit here and there, and then I, um, I just sort of got into it. It was one of those things that I understood. It was, it was a mixture of storytelling and sort of being an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. um, creative sort of creative and business. So you're working with companies and you're telling stories and you're trying to be as fun and creative as you can within the parameters of whatever yeah, they'll allow yeah. you to be. Um, so that was sort of an interesting, and that sort of took me on a long journey that I'm still on in in that regard. Um, and it's interesting because it it sort of um, informs how I look at a lot of things. It informs um, the podcast that I'm doing that you're so graciously allowing me to come and look at your gear. It's informing. Um, I'm very excited stories. about your show because you've been. I don't think you've been intentionally ambiguous. I just, I think you know things about it that you're not saying yet, but I don't feel like you're avoiding. Oh no, I can tell you exactly what it is. Do you want me to tell you? 
Yeah, because you haven't told me exactly no, what it is it's, yet. Um, I, because I deal with um, advertising and because adverti- digital advertising is so much, um, there's so many numbers and data and metrics and ways to track people and ways to track um, results and activities online. Everything is trackable. Um, I have become a data nerd, mm-hmm. <laughs> unbeknownst to myself, um, which is um, is is an interesting thing because I went to theater school and my dad, who's an engineer was like, well, I lost her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I started talking to him about data, he's like, Oh God, she's back. <laughs> so I feel like it's allowed me to have a certain kinship with my father. Mm-hmm. Who's such a, an analytical left brain kind of a guy. Um, so, um, so that is, so I've got that sort of data side and then I've got the story side. And so where I see their cross section is that there's so many ways that business and the entertainment industry, Hollywood, any, any kind of storytelling uses metrics to guide it. Whether I was just talking to a writer who, um, said, you know, when we have a show, we, you, your audience is speaking to you through the Twitter feed. So, and that's real time. So you're getting real time data, mm-hmm. um, a real time focus group, if you will, on whether or not your show is trending or how the audience is, is liking it. Are they with you? Are they not with you? Are they, um, are they, are they agitated? He used the word I thought was so interesting. You know, can you see their agitation and do you want that? You know, you can, so, so it's, so you're, so even as a storyteller, you have this connection to data. We're, we're back in theater through that. Like, mm-hmm. cause the theater, you really get the real time response and right. not every crowd is going to respond the same way to the same show. Yeah. So to be able to have that, that immediate access as it's happening in real time to what people are thinking and saying about, you know, how they, how they respond to your work. That's uh, very cool. Well, and what I, and my feeling is, you know, because I've worked with advertisers and I've got a lot of advertisers that are figuring out, Oh God, we have to know story. You know, mm-hmm. and um, and 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 I think it's such a wonderful opportunity because everybody's a storyteller. You know, everybody can be a storyteller, and I think this idea that you know it's sort of reserved for a certain few. I mean, I um, I don't think I think we're all storytellers. So, but how do you tell a good story? How yeah. do you tell a story that it that is um, uh, brings out emotion? How do you tell a story that engages people? How do you tell a story that makes people feel things, love, hate, anger, frustration, um, empowerment, whatever the, the emotion is like, that's why we love stories is because it makes us feel things. So this cross section of where business, um, has to learn how to be a storyteller and where data informs that and how it informs that, and how it's good and how it's bad. I mean, we know how it can be bad, but how does how does it work in um, in in one's favor? Um, the same writer told me a funny story. He said the uh, he was talking about hearing that somebody got a pass from a network, and they said the algorithm passed. <laughs> So it's an so that's where my that's where my podcast is, okay. is sort of that's the intersection for my when podcast. does this come out because this is exactly what I don't know about and would love to know a little bit more about awesome um well I've got to get my gear okay. <laughs> and then so I would say in the next month mm-hmm. <laughs> Wednesday <laughs> I see you writing a date down um, um 
we're we're just we're smoking through time so yeah. i need to ask i need to ask yeah, yeah, how yeah. did broken hearts division come to life well i loved law and order and i love um un- unpacking relationships okay. so that's sort of the happy conundrum within my brain that caused the broken hearts division um it's about a cop who fights crime Oop. there it is i did we it. we get one on every episode at least <laughs> one and i'm hoping we get more i pray we get more um it is a it's a show about a cop who fights crimes of the heart mm-hmm. um she sort of has her own personal Achilles heel when it comes mm-hmm. to love and being brokenhearted. And, and ergo, she wants to find justice for all of the victims that she knows that she sees out there that have been um, unduly treated by people who, you know, sort of fritter away their hearts and, yes. and fritter away their emotions and, and treat people cavalierly. Um, and you had asked me something, you said, is this a reflection of me? And I think it is. I think, um, you know, we write what we feel. We write what we're, um, what's important to us. And I think there is something in my writing that's always about trying to help the underdog. You know, that is definitely something that I've probably always felt. And so I feel like that, that underdog story is definitely one that I, I relate to and like telling. Well, this is, um, this is where we differ. Mm. <laughs> you are, you are a hero. Whoa. Yeah. I'm a hero? Yeah. Well, that, wouldn't Thank that be you. the opposite of the, that would be the opposite of the underdog. No, 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 no. What I mean is, um, what you summarized the plot of uh, Broken Hearts Division, you did not summarize the aesthetic at all. Mm, I, I summarized the premise. The premise. Yeah. Yeah. yeah kind of like the, 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 the story, the, the yeah. but you did not tell anyone about the, the, the what it is, what it feels like. Um, you should tell them. Can because, I jump in? <laughs> yes, please. You are. Uh, I love what you've said about it so far. Well, that's the thing is I was sweating bullets before saying that mm. because I hate with a capital H when people say like, I really liked your thing. It was just like, duh, 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 duh. and I'm like, yeah, I do like the, but this is my thing. This isn't, I'm not trying to be. Duh, 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 duh. So, uh, the comparisons I drew, it's, I don't know if that's going to be a compliment or an insult to the person across from me, but right. it's, I, love that format it's like really high joke density absurdist humor is warmly welcome Mm -hmm. there's character humor there's plot humor and then uh everything squeaks like you just have this (laughs) running joke where when you sit down the chair squeaks when you poke the bulletproof vest the bulletproof vest squeaks when you touch the door of your car the door (laughs) squeaks and i love those those just flat out absurdist jokes that have no reason to them whatsoever and i love it when they come like like at that clip that you guys achieved and that clip is so hard to achieve like i just don't know how it's done you see uh zucker brothers like those old productions they figured out their way to achieve that level of joke density Mm -hmm. joe dante can achieve high joke density like that Few and far between. They're very few and far between who can achieve that level of density. And I was just uh, over the moon with it. If I can flatter the shit oh, out of you right thank now. thank you. I will take that. That is that is lovely to hear. Um, so I, I do wonder, like, um, who who are you... When, when you're setting out to write that, who are you looking towards for uh, references on, like, what you're trying to build? I don't, I don't assume it was made in a vacuum. I don't think that you just rewatched Airplane and Naked Gun movies no, and, and said you know, we're doing that. Like, I remember I would get... Um, um, I would get Zucker Brothers uh, references, and I used to love airplane movies. I, mm-hmm. I loved all of them. <laughs> I think there's how many? There's more than one. 
They're, they two, are, for at least sure. two, and they the first one is like Stone Cold Classic, and then yeah. it got kind of like dodgy. But they they did. I, I did love Airplane, and I um and so when I watched it, I because people go, oh, that's like very Zucker Brothers, and then I saw a show called Angie Tribeca, okay, um, which is with Rashida Jones and Steve Carell's the executive producer, and um that felt very Zucker Brothers to me, um in that um random things fly in, you know, like a, a Nerf gun shows up, like really ridiculous stuff. We, um, and I thought, and I think it's really funny. I think our show, well, first of all, we didn't have like production value for all of the stuff that you need to and like, that was the second level. thing I love. I, like I said at the beginning, I love let's put on a show aesthetic. And yeah. this, your show was like 100%. <laughs> We're just doing this because we really want to have a good time doing this thing. Yeah, thank you. The other thing, if I, I know I'm like way overdoing it at this point, but there's one more thing that really stood out to me, and that is so very often when people set out to make a comedy, you end up with footage of friends dicking around, uh-huh. and there was no dicking around on this. Like this, the, this was every episode was made with intent. You knew where the season was going from the beginning. So you had you had this driving force through the whole arc of of the story, but didn't slack on the gags either. It was really a nice, like really well balanced, and so such little dicking around. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely think that. Com- <laughs> like, I'm from- glad you took that as a compliment. Oh, I definitely do. No, it's interesting because my comedy, I like that. Bop, 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 bop. Yeah. I like that fast, and I like that speed, and I like that. And my director really likes long pauses. He really mm-hmm. likes the space. And, um, um, and I, and I really, there were some scenes that he, um, that I, my gut was like, we got to move it fast. Like there's got to, and, and he's like, easy. And mm-hmm. when I look at the footage that we got, when I look at the, the breath, when you give things a breath and give them a beat, when they're really funny, when you kind of let it breathe a little. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think. It was a good, I, I, you know, I love my director, Scott. I think he's, I think he's a really lovely director and I think our, our styles are different, but I think it worked complimentary. Um, I think, um, you know, it was definitely a, a marriage of these two minds because, um, like there's things that you've referenced that were straight up him and there's re- things that you've referenced that were straight up me. So, um, which ones are yours? Are you more character driven? I'm more of the squeakies. I like all this. I I like the sounds. I love the sound effects. Um, And I also, um, you know, any of the physical stuff. I love physical humor. Oh, you uh, you don't need to tell me. You do the the water bottle (laughs) gag in like half the episodes. (laughs) It was a running, it was definitely a running thing. And it started just, we were in there for the pilot because we shot the pilot a year before. And then I raised the money and then we were able to shoot the season. What was the budget like on that, if I may? I don't know if I should share the budget publicly, but I'll tell you after. <laughs> it was not a lot and it wasn't Here, it wasn't you know like what? nothing. Just write it out on this advocate. <laughs> it was um when I tell people what the number is, they're um they're like, oh wow, you did a lot with a little. And um so that's that's always a compliment, yeah. you know, that it looks more expensive than it was. Um Red, Alexa. Um, Alexa. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was guessing, I, I was guessing that every penny was on the screen 10 times over with that, that, yeah. I, and I don't mean that as a dig. That's like, no, I, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of it. And I think people love, um, 
you know, our DP was, was on board with the story and he was like, you know what, when we get the money, I'm going to upgrade us to this. We shot mm-hmm. the can, I think on a Canon 5D or whatever, we shot the mm-hmm. pilot and then we shot, um, the rest of the season on the Alexa, on his Alexa. So, um, you know, it was a testament to the team really being excited and, and game on for, for the season. Yeah. Um, we kept the team together from the pilot and, and that for the most part, we, a couple of people changed, but, um, but that felt nice to feel like we kind of had some time to gel. Mm-hmm. I think every, uh, you know, you hear this a lot in like, you know, like I'm in the TV Academy and so I'm, it's in the middle of Emmy season right now when they're trying to pitch things. And oftentimes, uh, even big shows will have to find their sea legs. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. um, I, I feel like we're kind of, we were tracking that our pilot was kind of figuring itself out. And then my director and I, he kind of said, Hey, let me do a little pass on this. And I think there were some things that he was able to do just having done more production than me to gel things. Um, also because we needed to like trim things for budget. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know how to trim for budget. So, um, so yeah, so that was, it was a, it was a definitely a team effort. You know, I think I drove the bus, but like you yeah. can't drive the bus without wheels. No, there's way too much going on for any, like <laughs> it was one of those it. things where it's just, there's so much going right that it's obviously the team is, yeah. has got their heads on straight. Yeah. 10 days shooting? Uh, we shot the pilot in one day. Um, okay. And then we shot the season, which was five more episodes in four days. Okay. Okay. So I wasn't far off, just completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and technically like three and a half. Okay. 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 Sassy pants. <laughs> Well, You're what's so funny is I'll now. work with, I'll work with, um, was filmmakers, the, I'll work with filmmakers on projects and they'll be like, so we're going to shoot this one day, uh, one page scene. Um, and we need like 10 hours. And I'm like, what? I was like, we shot a whole like uh, 12 page episode. And, and I recognized that like, that was very fast. And, um, was the, the, uh, restaurant all shot the same night? No. Two nights? Shot, it was shot two days. Cause we had okay. one where we shot the day stuff and then we had one where we shot the night stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and I have a bunch of questions, but I don't want to, like, I, I want to give our audience a chance to see this because right, this is really inside baseball where we're at. Will there be a season two? There will be a season two. Are um, you kidding? Yeah. We, um, people keep asking me and, and, uh, you know, when, when people ask, you should give it to them. Um, mm-hmm. so there will be, I wrote the pilot for the half hour cause I'd like to sell it as a half hour. Um, how many episodes? Um, I wrote the pilot. So. <laughs> I mean, in the, the, in the whole second it, the, season. The hope of a full, you know, if we were to do another season, we would probably do it in the vein of, um, I'd probably lean into where, wh- what changed in the, um, in the pilot that I wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, cause the pilot kind of gives it a little bit more of, um, a workplace comedy feel. So there's the department gets filled out a little bit more and we have more people in the department. Um, uh, most people get to stay. Um, uh, how did the character of Carla Winslow come to life? Like, was that a character that she was doing before you wrote? Like how much overlap is there from that actual She was actor? a combination. So I had written two characters, kind of a freaking frack character who always, uh, busted Max balls. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not balls, busted her butt. And, um, and, and that was a, that was a Scott. Carla's definitely straight out of Scott's brain. Okay. So, um, she's great. Um, and people love her. That character was so fully realized. I'd assume that that's like one that the, the actor had been doing for a long time. No. Like, and what's so interesting. Friend of Scott's or how did no, they? No, okay. my casting director friend found her and really? she is, um, she was like kind of the only one that I got my, I had to cast the show mostly myself and except Carla. I mean, well, the, we, we got our, our lead cast or whatever. Um, and Carla, I would consider part of our lead cast. Um, 
she was kind of a new addition. She wasn't in the pilot, so mm-hmm. she was a new addition to the season. But um, yeah, my casting, my friend uh, Miriam is in casting, who's lovely and she's great. And she was like, when I showed her the the character description, she's like, I have somebody for you. And she was like, you have to, you know, like she is kind of this character. She is sort of this yeah. person. And so, so um, her name is, she goes by Ush Kieran, but she just changed her name to Kieran. So we'll okay. just, um, publicly, she's Kieran now. Um, and um, she's, she's just kind of that character. She's a little, she's wonderfully. So vividly realized yeah. from the first And that's moment. just sort of who she is. You know, I think she, there's a real, there was a nice marriage between who she is her her interpretation of the character and and the character that was written it was like mm-hmm. a really lovely symbi- symbiosis. Are you getting it? I liked this. I like this series. Are you, you are you picking up on the on I'm, the subtle I'm picking, hints? I'm picking, I'm picking up. Your, I'm down. picking up what you're dropping down. Okay, because it's just we don't get enough of that high density gag comedy stuff. I love comedy and I know that a lot, aren't you know, jokes the best? The like best. who cares like, about <laughs> not jokes? I'm like enough of the horror like ay 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 and I know horror does so well but like I don't know I feel like our political landscape is a horror show so it's like you know I'm like I want to watch something that makes me laugh because a lot of stuff out there is makes me scared. Last, last thing I'll say is uh, and Get ready for another compliment. If you're sick Aww. of them, take your headphones off now. Bring it. Uh, another thing I really loved about it is that it was victimless comedy. Mm. Like the, there was no human was the butt of the joke. Uh, there were plenty of humans right. and plenty of jokes, but it, it was all like the jokes were all warm jokes. And I mm. really appreciate that. I don't, I don't need to see people shitting on other people. Yeah, for, no. And I think, and I, and I, and I did want to make it equal, you know, sort of equal perp, equal, equal Vic between, um, between men and women, because I feel like men and women can both be victims and can both be perps. So mm-hmm. I, I wanted to make sure that it was an even playing field. Yeah. Just really well, well crafted, well executed. And thank, thank you. you so much for coming on to talk about it. Thank you. I am so effing sick of hosting this show that I'm going to stop now. Is that okay with you? <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I'm like done. <laughs> oh, this is it. Is this the last one, Jesse? Uh, no, I mean, you're just, a, I'm, oh, you're done I with misspoke. Me. <laughs> I meant to say I'm sick of hosting you. <laughs> I was okay. hoping that you wouldn't drag that one out of it. No, we're done with the first half of the episode. Um, well, there's more? Well, come back on Thursday for a, part two of this episode. Oh my gosh, there's the a ra- second part? Yes, there's guests. Yes, and we don't know what's going to happen. I'm so excited. I don't know what's going to happen. We actually don't. We have planned, a, we have baked in uh, a, ignorance on so much part two. Op- so much opportunity. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut the gear and we'll be back at you post-haste. Thank you.